Welcome to the Dayspring Community Church Podcast. Check out our website at dayspringonline.org. Morning, everybody. How's everybody doing? Good. Well, Matt and Mary are obviously out of town, right? (laughs) Things go a little smoother sometimes when they're here. If y'all are watching, we miss you. We love you. Have a safe trip and come back to us as soon as you can. Um, it's my pleasure to be to, and my privilege to be to speak to y'all this morning. Uh, we just fi- finished up uh, Isaiah, um, and we talked about the suffering servant and the servant songs, and uh, and so we're moving into Jeremiah. So if you have your Bibles, please open up to Jeremiah chapter one, verses one through ten. I see you, Dave. What is the Bible? Yes, we're going to get to that. You know, it's kind of interesting that you say that because right in these beginning verses, it kind of starts telling us what the Word of God is. I love it. Jeremiah means probably the Lord throws. Either the sense of hurling the prophet into a hostile world or of throwing down the nations in divine judgment for their sins. He was primarily a prophet of doom doom which Judah Judah richly deserved for its horrific behavior across their last five kings before their exile to Babylon. He prophesied for four decades, 40 years he prophesied. Jeremiah spoke to a nation about to be destroyed by war. 300 years before him, the Israelites had split into two countries, Israel in the north and Judah in the south. About 100 years before Jeremiah, Assyria had conquered the northern kingdom. This disaster was World War I of the Old Testament. Now, during Jeremiah's life, World War II threatened. Another fierce kingdom, Babylon, had assembled troops against the remaining southern kingdom. Would God save his chosen people? Jeremiah loudly insisted for more than 20 years that God would punish the people of Judah just as the people of the northern kingdom had been punished by letting Babylon take them into captivity. He lived to see his predictions come true. There is, in the book of Jeremiah, the undeniable link between sin and its consequences. We pay the price for evil choices. Judah did. Other nations will. We will. Mercy and covenant faithfulness eventually win, as Jeremiah proclaims. Jeremiah 1, 1 through 10. The words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, one of the priests who were in Anath and in the land of Benjamin, to whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah, in the thirteenth year of his reign. It came also in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, and until the end of the eleventh year of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the captivity of Jerusalem in the fifth month. Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, and before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, O Lord God, behold, I do not know how to speak, for I'm only a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say, I'm only a youth, for to all to whom I send you, you shall go, and whatever I command you, you shall speak." Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, 
I have put my words into your mouth. See, I have set you this day over nations, over kingdoms, to pluck up and to break down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. I've got five points today from this scripture. Point number one, God's word, not Jeremiah's. Now the word of God came to me saying, the phrase word of God comes up over 60 times in this book. It's God's word. It's not Jeremiah's word. It's God's word, not the king's of Judah's word. And it's God's word, not the priest's word. God's word would make Jeremiah's life harder, not easier. And the prophecy was for Judah's life to become much harder. How many people in here have heard the word of the Lord? How many people? By show of hands. How many people have chosen to do their own thing? They called Jeremiah the reluctant prophet. And uh, I think maybe we can understand why. Do we want his truth? Or do we want ease and comfort? Point number two, our destiny, his plans. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I have appointed you a prophet to the nations. Consecrated means to make or declare sacred. Dedicate to the service of a deity to God. God has a plan and a destiny for, for Jeremiah before he was born. It wasn't an easy one, but a destiny that would state truth to his nation and bless generations to come through the longest and one of the most powerful books of the Bible. God also has a plan and a destiny for us. Each one of us in this room, he has a plan for. And it seems like that most of our life we struggle against that plan. Just like you said earlier, I hear the voice, but sometimes I do what I want to do. When he's giving you an instruction, when he's guiding you, when he's encouraging you, when you're being convicted, that is something that's heading you in a direction. He has a plan for you. You need to live into that plan. And, and just like Jeremiah's plan to speak to a nation that would not listen, don't we have the same thing now? It's not always easy to follow God's plan to live into our destiny. Let me tell you something. I remember the first time I was asked to go out and preach at the penal farm. I knew God wanted me to do it. I knew he wanted me to do it. But I'm going to tell you something. For any of y'all, and I hope there's not many, but there's a few in here that have been locked up, and when you've been locked up for years, the last thing you want to do is go back. I mean, there's just something about the door shutting, about the sound of the door shutting, the, the smell of the place. It's just the last thing that you want to do is go back there. But I knew he wanted me to go back there. I knew it was his plan for me. And it was the least I could do was to listen to that voice when he spoke to me. So I went. So believe me, I understand when he gives you instruction. A lot of times, 
he's going to send you someplace you don't really want to go or it makes you feel uncomfortable. I can't tell you how many people I've taken on ministry with me that go one time and they're like, eh, that's not for me. Well, you know, it's not what's good for you. It's what's good for God. You just have to say yes and move on. God uses the disadvantaged. Point number three. Then I said, alas, Lord God, behold, I do not know how to speak because I am a youth. But the Lord said to me, do not say I'm a youth because everything, everywhere I send you, you shall go. And all that I command you, you shall speak. That's what I was getting to, Dave, when you say, what is the Bible? It's the word of God. I love what you tell me to love. I'll go where you tell me to go. I'll do what you tell me to do. I can be whatever you'll tell me to be. Jeremiah was young. He was 17 to 20 years old. We don't know if he was a priest or not, but we know he came from a family of priests. And uh, he thinks that youth is a setback, but it's only a setback if he doesn't do God's will, if he doesn't follow God's will. What we consider disadvantages, God uses to his advantage. I can't tell you the number of people that I've met in ministry, in Celebrate Recovery, in prison and after prison that are in ministry, I can name quite a few of them to you right now, that he has taken their weakness, their disadvantage, and used it for his good. I mean, I'm one of them. If you would have told me that I'd be sitting here talking to you 10 years ago about the Word of God, I would have probably laughed at you. But yet he had a plan for me, and I just said yes, and and it has been a beautiful plan. I have a sense of purpose where I never had one before. Instead of feeling empty, I feel full. It's a beautiful thing. And he too wants to do that in your life. God commands Jeremiah to be obedient, just as obedience is required of us. That's why I always ask that question just about anywhere I go. How many have heard the word of the Lord? You know, it's crazy. All the hands go up. It's either... So try on God. It's either God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the one wonderful God that we have speaking to us, the one that created us. And somehow we think we can say, you know, I think I know better, or I don't want to do that right now, or I'm, I'm scared. But he will equip us. He is with us. Point number four, God's do nots trump our do-nots. Behold, I do not know how to speak because I am a youth. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am a youth because everywhere I send you, you shall go and all that I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, behold, I have put my words in your mouth. God has two do-nots, comebacks to Jeremiah's one. God knocks back the lack of self-esteem with this. He says, I will send you, I will command you, you will obey, and everything will go the way that it's supposed to go. I can't tell you how many times I've followed his plan and didn't know what where it was going, had absolutely no clue where it was going. And then... A year, two years up the road, 
I can see exactly where he was leading me the whole time. And I'm so glad that I was obedient and listened to what he told me because I don't know where I would have wound up otherwise. Nine and a half years ago, I was released from prison. And here I stand before you out of obedience. We will never be alone. God will always be with us. You know, I'm not a public speaker, um, never have been. But I know that God has something to say. And so I know that whenever I get up and I, and I talk to people about him, I know that I believe in him, that I love him, that he's real, and that he has something for me to say. And so I know that he's with me. And that's what he was telling, telling Jeremiah here. He was saying, you might feel ill-equipped. You might feel like you don't know what to say. But guess what? Don't worry about all that. Just go. Just do. And I'll be there with you. And I will equip you. And guess what? I'll put those very words in your mouth. Um, in Deuteronomy 18.18 18 says, I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brothers and I will put my words in his mouth and he shall speak to them all that I command them in Isaiah chapter 6 he cleanses Isaiah's mouth for him to prophecy those things he does for us he equips us and he tells us what to say and he makes sure that it's the right thing Point number five, we destroy, we create. See, I have appointed you this day over the nations and over the kingdoms to pluck up and to break down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. Pluck, break, destroy, and overthrow are destructive things. They're things that tear down. And some things need to be destroyed before other things can happen. I can tell you in my life, I had to have a good foundation to start with. But in order to get to that good foundation, everything else had to be torn up. And I see that with the guys that I work with in CR, and I see that with the guys that I work with in prison. The things of the past, bad behaviors, everything, all that has to be destroyed. It has to go away in order to have that foundation to move forward. Ultimately, however, he calls Jeremiah and us to create and build. So I just want to leave you with a few things that this spoke to me about. In our nation, a lot like Israel and Judah in Jeremiah's time, we are disobedient. I mean, by our own admittance in here. We hear the word, but don't act on it. The church is shrinking not growing. I love this church. It's the right arm of the Lord, but it's shrinking. In September the 13th of 2022, a report by the Pew Research Center stated that Christians make up 64% of the population of the United States. That's down 12% from just 10 years prior. And the number that claim to be atheists or unaffiliated is the fasting growest segment of the population in the United States. In 2020, the CDC says there were, I want, to, I want you to listen to this number, 620,327 abortions 
in the District of Columbia in 47 states. That's over half a million children we killed in the United States. What scares me is they stopped measuring it after that year. I'd love to call the CDC office and ask them why. 50% of all marriages end in divorce. 41% of new marriages end in divorce. What is our Assyria going to be? What is our Babylon going to be? Will we heed his call? Like Jeremiah, we're Christians and we're called to be obedient. We're called to repent. We're called to speak the truth. We're called to share the gospel. We're called to give testimony. We're called to make disciples. Webster's defined a prophet or a prophetess as this. is an individual who is regarded as being in contact with the divine being and is said to speak on behalf of that being, serving as an intermediary with human humanity by delivering messages or teachings from a supernatural source other than people. Doesn't that sound like us? Doesn't that, doesn't that description of a prophet sound like us? We're getting our information from a divine source. Everybody in here has said that I've heard the word of the Lord. I've heard the word of the Lord. We come here as a body of Christ to be healed, but it's, it's much more than that. He wants to use us. We need to be the mouthpiece of the Lord. There's, we can sit in here and preach all day, understand the word all day long, but until we put feet to it. And I'm going to tell you, this church is awesome about putting feet to it. But I guarantee you, with as many people in here that have heard what he's saying and are still not doing everything that he's telling them to do, there's room for improvement. In the last two years, I had the privilege, at last three years actually, or maybe more than that, I had the privilege of going around and preaching at a bunch of different churches in Mississippi, southern Louisiana, and southern Alabama. And um, we're unique. I mean, I went to the other largest church in Mississippi and preached twice where, while their pastor was in Israel. And, of course, when I go in, I meet everybody, and, and one of my first questions is, um, what are y'all doing in ministry? <laughs> what are y'all doing out in the prisons? And everything that they're talking about is inside the church. Very little of it is outside of the church. And I'm going to tell you that my belief is that that's why the church is shrinking. Because like Jeremiah's call, he was called not only to point out what was going on and tell him the truth, but he was called to tell him what the Lord would do afterwards. And that's Jeremiah thirty seventeen. It says, for I will restore health to you and your wounds I will heal, heal, declares the Lord, because they have called you an outcast. He will heal it. But we've got to get out there and we've got to heed the call, guys. We've got to get out there and not be afraid when we go to work to talk about the gospel, not be afraid to point out the truth. The testimony I was talking about is our lives. It's how we lead our lives. It's not just telling what God has done in our life, but it's how we walk it out. There's nothing worse than somebody proclaiming to be a man of God 
or, or a woman of God and not acting that way. That's what runs people off. But when we're out there and we love people when they don't deserve to be loved, when we're in situations that normally you'd act one way, but instead you show them love and they know that it's genuine, then all of a sudden the gospel sinks into their heart. And they're like, wow, that's something different. That's not what I see. Our nation is in a terrible state. And I couldn't help but think when I was reading this in Jeremiah about what is coming for us next if we don't heed the call, if we don't listen to what he's saying to us and move forward. Dear Lord, I want to pray for my friends here at Dayspring Church. I want to pray for the church as a whole, Lord. Lord, you talk to us, the God of all gods, the one that created us. Lord, let us heed your call. Let us heed your prayers. Let us heed your instructions. Let us go where you tell us to go. Love where you tell us to love, Lord. We talk about it, but Lord, please give us the strength to do it. When we walk out of these doors today, we're all going somewhere to eat. That is a ministry opportunity. Lord, please give us some divine appointments. That means show us where the opportunities are, Lord, to share your word. Let us heed your call, Lord. Let us speak the truth. Lord, we love you. And I pray all these things in your mighty son Jesus' name. Amen. Day spring, y'all are dismissed. Thank you.